Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value. Cactus included on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. My God, I look at what he does and where he's going to line up. This is a guy that, to me, has all the opportunity in the world to be the wide receiver 1.1. Always connect on those deep passes like they did last year. I'm like a centrist. Three catches, 40 yards, zero touchdowns. Then he goes nuclear. Yeah, just 10 targets, two, 201 yards, four touchdowns. That's the greatest hit I've ever seen. This is Reception Reception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Co. Matt Harmon here with you. You listen to Reception Perception, the show. Oh, my God, Matt Harmon. Here we are. We're at the finish line, baby. Let's go. Come on. The Super Bowl. Last last game of the season. Can't uh, can't yeah. hold anything back now, James. Uh, no, yeah, it's awesome. It's been great to be here in Vegas. The uh, atmosphere is electric, as they say. Um, and, mm-hmm. man, I mean, I can't – it's funny when you're here for Super Bowl and, like, you go to opening night and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, these guys in this game. And then you start to – the farther you get from opening night and, and like kind of right here in the middle of the week, you start to mm-hmm. forget like, oh, yeah, there's – because of all the other spectacles going on and you're interviewing other players from other teams. You're kind of focused on that. You're like, oh, yeah, right. There's this big game here that we're going to preview and talk about and have all this analysis off of, you know, for potentially weeks after that individual game. So, yeah, a lot, right. lot to break down here. Um, okay, so I want to break down the matchup here. We'll get into some prop bets. Um, let's talk about some of these matchups, and I want to start at the quarterback position here, Matt. Two interesting matchups here because Purdy taking on a KC defense that is primarily man coverage, but, man, Purdy has been so good against man coverage this year. 17 touchdowns versus just one interception against man coverage this year. He has really struggled against zone coverage. 10 of his 11 interceptions this year have come Mm. against zone. Do you think that KC, I'm sure they know this, but I'm saying, do you think they changed their game plan coming into uh, into into the Super Bowl? It's a great way to start this off because I'm obviously obsessed with the coverage matchups for the, for these both of these offenses, honestly, but particularly uh, Steve Spagnuolo, Kansas City Chiefs defense versus Brock Purdy. Because yeah, I mean, like you said, right. they're they're really high in terms of man coverage. I believe their man coverage rate is six in the NFL, according to fantasy points data. It's still obviously just like any defense, they play more zone coverage than they play man coverage. So their mm-hmm. man coverage rate, I think, is right around thirty percent. But if you look at it too, where they play a ton of man coverage where their man coverage rate jumps to about like 43% is on late downs, third and fourth down. They play man coverage at a really high rate there. They also play a lot of two high safeties. So they're not like obviously bringing a safety down in the box. So it's a lot of two man stuff, you know, some uh, brackets. I really think that's going to be an interesting, even when they're in those man coverage looks, I I think they're going to know that 
Purdy loves throwing these outbreaking routes to Brandon Ayuk as the ISO receiver uh, against man coverage on third and fourth down. We've seen it a lot across the course of the season. We've seen it a lot in these really big games late in the season. I feel like that's going to really be imperative then for for the linebackers and the guys in the middle of the field to uh, account for Kittle, to account for uh, Debo Samuel on deep in deep and intermediate in routes on third and fourth down. Because, yeah, I mean, I think when they're in man coverage, especially on early downs, they definitely have an advantage to the 49ers pass catchers. But I will say this, I mean, Steve Spagnuolo, I think he's going to He's going to have a plan here. He's going to have something in place from a zone cover standpoint, from rotating the safeties, disguising the coverages. I, I think that's going to be the the really the, probably – I mean, I don't want to start the show and say this is the key to the game, but Purdy being able uh-huh. to diagnose those looks <laughs> and not being uh-huh. fooled and into a couple of giveaways uh, on his side of the ball, that's going to be critical for the 49ers to win in this game, I think. On the flip side of it, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I'm actually surprised by this when I started digging in. Patrick Mahomes has really struggled against zone coverage, and that fits into what San Francisco does primarily uh, from their defensive scheme. They run the 12th highest uh, zone coverage rate in the NFL um, according to the numbers that I got here, but a very heavy zone coverage team is San Francisco, and Patrick Mahomes just eight touchdowns versus 10 picks into zone coverage, 19 touchdowns, four interceptions versus man coverage. So when they get into man coverage, this is where Patrick Mahomes shines. But San Francisco, a very heavy zone coverage scheme. Again, you know what, Matt? I'm actually, the reason I'm surprised by this, it's not because of Mahomes or anything, but just his receivers, they they can't beat man coverage. And yet Mahomes, he has a better, a clearer look, I think, when he looks at man coverage than zone. I wonder how those numbers would look over like kind of the back half of the season because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the biggest issue early on in the season was these guys not being in the right place. These guys not being where Mahomes is expecting them to be. Um, you know, obviously Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore really struggled with being at the right depth in terms of their routes. I mean, Tony's like a total nightmare, but I think that was the biggest issue with, with Sky Moore was just <laughs> uh-huh. not being, especially against zone coverage. And, and we talked about Sky Moore being, even as a prospect, a better man coverage beater than a zone coverage beater. A guy that was not necessarily just, he just didn't have the feel for zone coverage in the NFL. It was, not, it was something that was, you know, um, an issue even like the mo- really throughout the course of his career. I mean, only two years here, but it's it's been a consistent issue for him and that was leading to a lot of I think of those turnovers early on it's also when you have those zone coverage looks that they're able to cloud the picture in the middle of the field you know put put somebody in Patrick Mahomes's vision when we're talking about Travis Kelsey when he's trying to get the ball to him that's another part of it um, or as opposed to when they go straight up man coverage if you're going to then account for Travis Kelsey with multiple defenders two guys that is going to leave someone one-on-one um and I think over the course of the season they've narrowed that receiver room down to the point that you know Rasheed Rice is not uh he's not an elite man beater certainly but he's also Mm -hmm. not you know hopelessly poor uh at beating man coverage I would say he's he's still average-ish in terms of separate average slightly below average in terms of separation against man coverage but not a complete you know Kadarius like I said Kadarius Tony level disaster MVS level disaster so especially (laughs) if they've been able to get him lined up on some linebackers which they have at times too Mm -hmm. that might account for some of the difference between the man and zone numbers there. 
Uh, again, we don't have uh, Kadarius Tony uh, his updated numbers here uh, for this particular season, but in 2022 against zone coverage, Kadarius 20, Tony 73.1% success rate, clocked in at the 17th percentile versus yeah. zone coverage. Just not not very good. If you're wondering, oh, but can he beat man coverage? The answer to that would be. No, no, he cannot be man coverage. 58% success rate versus man coverage. That is 16th percentile, according to our guy, Matt Harmon here. But uh, but yeah, Tony has been uh, not good, not good at getting open, Matt. You really, uh, do you think he's even going to play in this game? Probably no, not, right? no, no. There's just no way. I, I mean, what they because um, what they do, uh, uh, personal matter or personal reasons, I think, right, is the reason he's not practicing or whatever it is. I, there's just no way. Addition by subtraction, dude. Got to take the guy off the field. Uh, yeah, 100%. I, he was roaming around on media night. I, I didn't see him there, but apparently he did say something about, um, you know, I was taken out of context in terms of the Instagram so, live pal. thing or whatever. I, I don't know. Don't think I, so. I did, get, I did get a chance to talk to Sky more about uh, some receiver stuff. Uh-huh. He was walking around and, you know. Um, oh, cool. In addition to, yeah, which was great. Just I, I remember I'll post the clip at some point. But really the thing that stood out to me was because he's he's been activated to the 53. I don't think he's he might probably not going to play a ton or anything like that. But right. Um, right. he was just talking about like, yeah, what it how awesome it was for Mahomes to like never throw these guys under the bus publicly for how, and cause you know, mm. he's like, we're not trying to go out there and mess up, but you know, do the bad stuff, but you know, it, it happens. It obviously happened a lot. And um, I think that's just a testament to Mahomes kind of like what he's, I don't want to say dealt with, but you know what, uh, what he's been playing, adjusting to these receivers and everything. Uh, so that was an interesting conversation. And, and yeah, I think that, I, I I just think it's gonna be really fascinating to see this matchup there in that middle of the field because you think about man, this Chiefs offense it's primarily a middle uh-huh. of the field offense. Like, sure. They they obviously do not have guys that are gonna win on the outside oh, consistently. No <laughs> yeah, I mean even even they have no one. They, I mean MVS will pop up every every in in a couple times of the postseason in a big game he'll come up with like one big catch. He'll yeah. save it for uh, the biggest games of the year. But yeah, I mean Rasheed Rice is kind of in that late season uh, rookie year, I'm on Ross St. Brown type of mold. I think that's going to be an yeah. interesting discussion point. Talk about that on the, on the YouTube channel somewhat recently. Um, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see just kind of how he develops and everything. But yeah, I mean, this is a, this is an offense that primarily has to run through the middle of the field. Um, how's that going to work against this 49ers defense that obviously is great at defending over the middle of the field passes. I mean, Jared Goff was seven of 10 in the middle of the field in the NFC championship mm-hmm. game, but still like Fred Warner's a beast, you know, Drake Greenlaw's yeah. a beast like that, that, that middle of the field is a tough area to attack on this 49ers defense. <laughs> Can I just talk about, you talk about no production on the outside um, part of the field here for Kansas city. I just found it so funny. This is again, going back to the conference championship game, you know, to ice the game, they throw the ball to MVS. This is how bad it has been for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We celebrated the fact that he caught the ball (laughs) wide open, no defenders in the general vicinity of MVS. And we, and we honestly celebrated like this kid, like he's a kid in in like pop Warner, like, Oh, MVS. Oh my God. Good job, buddy. Good job. Catching that ball. That was perfectly thrown. And the other thing is Mahomes had to like lay it out there. Right. He had to softly throw it out. It wasn't even like a a laser beam to MVS. No, no, no. 
Had to softly place it out there to MVS. And MVS, for some reason, is falling down. Why are we falling down? I don't know why we're falling down to catch this football, <laughs> to ice the game. But we celebrate it like, like, you know, like it was a great play, but like it's like he was in, in Pop Warner or something, you know? It's like, oh, MVS, great job. Great job catching that wide open football. That's how bad it's been <laughs> for Marquez. I mean, it has not been, it's there. not been a smooth season for, no, uh, for MVS, no. that's for sure. Um, I was just looking up the updated numbers for Mahomes. Uh, just like I said, back half of the season against zone coverage. So this is from week 11 yeah. through the conference championship. Um, okay. not a ton of touchdown interception production, still five to four, but passer rating 91.4, um, completion percentage, 73.2 YPA just under seven. Um, so I do think that again, when they kind of got Kadarius Tony off the field, Sky Moore off the field, and you know, uh, we're just focused on Kelsey and Rasheed Rice and the running backs. You know, they weren't trying mm-hmm. to funnel targets to MVS or, or Justin Watson or something like that. Um, you know, it's that was really, I think, where they started to figure out some answers against uh, zone coverage, particularly. Kansas City has given up the third most receptions per game to slot receivers since week 10, and we're talking about per game, right? But San Francisco almost never utilizes a receiver out of the slot on the outside, man. Oh, my goodness. We know about the luxurious need effect, Matt. They have shut down outside wide receivers here. Uh, it could be a very long day for Brandon Ayuk per game. The Chiefs have allowed the fourth fewest receptions, the third fewest yards, and the 52% completion rate allowed to the outside. That is third best in the NFL. All of these numbers since week number 10. I mean, you just look at some of the names that they have held down here. Stefan Diggs, as we know, in the two games against Kansas City, uh, three for 21 and four for 24. Uh, Jamar Chase, three catches for 41. Devontae Adams, one catch for a measly four yards. Kansas City has been an absolute shutdown unit on outside wide receivers, Matt. Oh, yeah, uh, obviously Snead is contract year. Uh, he's balling. He's <laughs> he's looking for that big deal for sure. And there he's a is. guy that's fascinating too, buddy, because he um he used to play in the slot. Like he could be yeah. Um, if he let's say he leaves Kansas City in the offseason, he goes to another team. That's a guy that could be looking at um maybe playing as a slot corner, depending on which next defense he goes to. I mean, he could, could obviously stay in Kansas city as well, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I do worry about, uh, Iuk in this game, particularly, I, I think it's going to be a big Debo game. Cause even like I mentioned, you know, if you're just looking at the chiefs in those late down situations, when they play, uh, those two high shells, 67% of their snaps on third and fourth down are, um, are, are two high safeties. It's the most in the NFL yards per route run for 49ers receivers against two high. This is regular season and playoffs. Debo Samuel, 3.11 Brandon. Ayuk still fine. 2.19, uh, George Kittle, 1.76. I think that's going to be key though, is can we get Ayuk on, um, some inbreakers, or can we get him away from Legereus Sneed? Because he has been a guy, Sneed, that's one of the very few shadow corners that teams will, or yep. like, that, that teams have had to deal with him tracking their number one receiver around the field. But of course, then I wonder, like, what are they going to do uh, like, with Debo Samuel? Because if you're shading a safety to Ayuk, you've got him in man coverage uh, with, with Legereus Sneed over there. Do or, or do you leave him singled up? Do you leave Legereus Sneed singled up? Because I still think Ayuk can then get over on that matchup because maybe you want to dedicate that extra safety to being down in the box in the run game. You Maybe you want to have him sort of like 
helping over the top against Debo or, or kind of shading inside leverage on what I'm sure is going to be a ton of in-breaking routes for, for, for Debo Samuel. That part is really fascinating, too, because I, I do, and we'll talk about it when we do props, I, I think this is going to be, end up being a pretty big Debo game. Just an interesting matchup in regards to the movable chess piece that is Legereus Sneed. Spagnola can do a lot of different things, Matt, um, and I'm curious, do they just do what they've been doing? Um, and don't overthink this. And, and I almost think that's the way they should play. You know, um, I know San Francisco has got the Avengers out there roaming the field. Okay. <laughs> but but Legere Sneed has been a true shutdown corner this year. Uh, and I think in that way, that's really helped Spagnolo uh, either obviously run very effective blitz packages, uh, which I think he might try to run here at, at the young Brock Purdy. Um, and it's, it's that movable. He's the key. He's the linchpin to everything is luxurious need to, to what Spagnolo can do from a pressure standpoint and from a coverage standpoint. So again, fascinated by that matchup. I do think it's going to be a long, long day for Brandon. Ayuk. Yeah. I've got a question as to whether or not they utilize George Kittle a lot he hasn't practiced yeah. all week matt what is the um what's the word on the ground here with george kittle because the dude hasn't practiced at all i don't think there's a ton of concern with with kittle i think he probably should be out there but i i'm with you man that i think that's that's going to be a, a really interesting one too because these chiefs linebackers aren't as big of names as roquan smith or patrick queen in baltimore i mean shoot even in san francisco they're not big names like dre greenwall dre greenlaw and puka actually i'm talk about puka nakua i talked about uh <laughs> i talked about fred warner with puka nakua yeah, yeah, today yeah, and that's yeah, why yeah. it's on the brain but um fred warner there in san francisco but you know drew tranquil um these guys there uh, They've got some interesting players in terms of that linebacker room. Uh, Leo Chanel, they've they've ended up getting some really good play out of that group. And but at the same time, though, like, are these guys good enough to cuddle? Uh, to 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 to. I mean, yeah, let me say that again. Are these guys good enough to cover George Kittle one on one in situations if they're gonna go man coverage? I I don't know, man. So Kittle's interesting because his like we'll talk again in in props like 47 and a half receiving yards for Kittle I could go either way on that because I could see mm -hmm. a few big plays from Kittle in this game I, I haven't heard anything super concerning about him from a participation standpoint so San Francisco against outside wide receivers uh pro this is actually surprising because San Francisco has actually been pretty good um, against the outside but primary outside wide receivers have caught 80 plus yards or a touchdown in seven of the last 10 games uh, versus San Francisco. Now, again, Kansas City doesn't utilize anyone on the outside very much, but if you're looking for that one random MVS game, maybe we get it here. Maybe we get a Justin Watson popping off. I don't know. That could be something that's really interesting too. Um, San Francisco versus tight ends. Again, this is uh, an interesting one here because uh, San Francisco has been bottom 10 in yards and receptions per game allowed to tight end since week number 10. 77.5% completion rate allowed to tight end. That's the third worst. If I mean, again, Kelsey's been playing way better over the last yeah. month, Matt. It feels like this could be a spot um, that Kelsey actually helps carry the team. Love that. Yeah, and I mean... The guys turned it up in the playoffs. There's no question about it. And um, I do think we're sort of in an era of Chiefs football where you remember the Patriots for a while. It was like ah, September. 
doesn't matter. They every year, mm-hmm. you know, the big talk shows. There's what's wrong with the Patriots in September? It's like, yeah, let's revisit this conversation in November, like when they've, uh-huh. when they've figured things yeah. out, when they've discovered yeah. kind of who they are. Like this is preseason to them. Um, I think that I don't know if the Chiefs it was fully intentional, but it was kind of how this season went for them. Like by the time they were in December, it, they were a pretty solid offense. They've they've been a much better run game in the playoffs. That's for sure. Oh yeah, way better. Um, and I, I feel like Kelsey maybe a little bit was like, I mean, I think he's even said something to the effect that he's been exhausted physically, that that this was um, the most challenging, like, physical season for him. It makes you mm-hmm. wonder if even, yeah, he can obviously ball. He's showing that he can ball in the playoffs. I wonder if he's back next year just because of that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think he's obviously going to be a critical point here. And it, it's funny, this, this 49ers defense, James, so many talented players. You know, the front four is obviously really hard to deal with. Like I said, Fred Warner, um, I asked Puka Nakua, what's the most difficult part of going against this uh, 49ers defense? And he's like, well, you know, I run all these in-breaking routes and you've got 54 back there like a maniac flying around. Uh, so Fred <laughs> Warner is obviously an incredible player uh, in his own right. And, you know, Ward is a solid corner on the outside. But it hasn't. it just hasn't been that type of defense this year um at times it's been a liability against the run and yeah again it's weird because they have so many of these really good players it's just a defense i can't quite get my head around right now even still the last game of the season i've seen some cut-ups too of san francisco's defense that um has shown a little bit of lack of effort which i thought was a little bit surprising uh and someone did bring up the point too that once hufanga went down with injury it just wasn't Mm. the same unit at all and if you're talking about guys flying around to the football oh my god that's hufanga you know what i mean (laughs) like that's the guy that is just running around like an absolute madman um and i don't think they they have that guy on that defense i think they have a lot of really talented players especially up front but in the secondary and in this at the safety spot do they got those guys do they got those guys that are flying around i'm not sure i'm not sure no they they don't really. And, you know, Chase Young, 49ers fans and, and beat writers have really gotten on him for lack of effort up front. But, yeah. Which, by the way, which, by the way, that goes back to his Washington days, too. Yeah. Also, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense if you're Chase Young. Like, this is this is a big moment for your career, man. You know, he's a free agent after the year. Uh, this team gave yeah. up a third round pick. You know, you're in. Yeah. You're, you went from Washington where mm-hmm. nobody's really watching. Nobody, no, you can, you can dog and, and like, nobody's really watching. Nobody pays attention to these are like the most watched games of the season that you're in here yep. in San Francisco. Yep. So it doesn't yep. really make a lot of sense. I know he, I, he's talked about it this week about like, yeah, the whole team's got to have, you know, effort or whatever. It's like, I mean, buddy, we're talking about you chase young. So um, that's, <laughs> that's kind of a tough one. Um, I, I, I oh, and I wonder too, I, I just really wonder how much adjustment it's has gone on on that defense having Steve Wilkes come in there and and I think Steve Wilkes is a really good um defensive coach overall but a lot of the, the stuff that he did um in in Carolina and in other stops previously didn't mm-hmm. like directly overlap with what D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala and stuff was doing there. Um, and it really, it's the first time for a while that they've gone outside of that tree, like outside mm-hmm. of their own house to promote right, internally. Right. Totally. Um, and I think that's really like, I, I just wonder how much of like, 
an adjustment period we should expect here, or um, I, I mean, I, I assume Wilkes will be back next season. Will his defense look dramatically different next year? I, I'm not really sure. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's talk about the run game and obviously talk about Christian McCaffrey. Um, Pacheco's going to be a big part of this game as well. Uh, San Francisco, both of these teams, it's really interesting because both of these teams can be run on just a little bit, and I think we've seen that uh, in the postseason too. Baltimore withstanding, like what the hell was Baltimore doing uh, with that game plan? It makes absolutely no sense. Um, But San Francisco, I think in particular, uh, has shown that they can be run on, especially recently. They've been giving up 4.4 yards per carry uh, to opposing running backs since week number 10. Um, and again, that's like a, a bottom you know, 12 figure in the NFL. So uh, Kansas City, meanwhile, it's right there with them, 4.3 yards per carry as well. Again, below average, below the league average when we're talking about defending against the run. Uh, specifically, well, let's focus on the San Francisco side. So Christian McCaffrey going up against this Kansas City uh, rush defense. Uh, again, it should be. It's not the big. It's not the toughest matchup on the board uh, for CMC. No. Um, and if you look particularly where Kansas City struggles, and, and I'm with you, man. Like, what the hell was Baltimore thinking? You know what, what? What the hell was Baltimore thinking from uh, from a run game perspective? Because the Bills just showed it the week prior. Yep. You can run on this defense. Yeah. And and really, it's funny because both these defenses, like you mentioned, they can be run on. And they can be run on in similar ways. According to Fantasy Points data, Kansas City gives up the second highest success rate on zone run concepts. And, excuse mm. me, San Francisco, second in terms of success rate on zone run concepts, 4.6 yards per carry in the regular season. The uh, Chiefs defense is fourth h- highest success rate allowed on zone run concepts, 4.62 yards per carry uh, mm. as well. They're both pretty good in terms of defending like manpower. They're both uh, top yeah, yeah. five, I believe, in success rate allowed uh, against man gap runs, which is definitely more in favor of San Francisco because San Francisco can run anything. They're yep. extreme. They're extremely good at overall. Really, since Christian McCaffrey got there, that was when Kyle Shanahan started to incorporate some more ga- man gap runs. A lot that, that more. because a lot more, it, and and the efficiency of it has been what's notable. Uh, in 2022, they were insanely efficient, insanely effective on those man gap runs. Uh, fourth best yards per carry in 2022 on man gap runs. Um, yeah. and, and and Kansas City's 
good on that, but they're not a good zone rushing team. Their run game has been pretty inconsistent overall. We've actually been talking about that a lot on the Yahoo podcast this week with Nate Tice. We're going to talk about it tomorrow with Austin Eckler as well. Um, but yeah, they're they're struggling to run the ball out of zone runs, even in the playoffs when their run game has been better. But um, as much as we've seen Kansas, excuse me, uh, the San Francisco 49ers jump up and be a better man gap run team their bread and butter mm-hmm. is still running the ball out of zone concepts they're they're incredibly effective there McCaffrey's awesome there so that is a huge mismatch to watch uh in this game and I I feel like to get Purdy settled in to to not you know throw into the teeth of this defense I feel yeah. like we're gonna see on the first drive like five six McCaffrey runs if they can sustain a drive right if they don't go like three and yeah 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 if they can if they can move the ball I I feel like they're going to give the ball to McCaffrey in the run game on zone runs like five six times right off the bat yeah that's what they would like to do that's I think that was is certainly what they would like to do it's going to be up to KC to kind of sort of change that narrative um, if they can I feel like whoever gets the ball first um, man it could change the entire game uh, in terms of the, the the complexion of the game, you know, if Casey gets that ball first, they go down there and score. The complexion changes dramatically in terms of what San Francisco now feels like they want to get done offensively. Right? Are they going to press a little bit? Are they going to Are they going to be Are they going to be as committed to CMC uh, on the ground? We know he's going to get the ball. Listen, we, we know he's going to get the ball, right? <laughs> Whether it's going to be through the air or on the ground. But to your point, though, um, if they could play a little bully ball with Kansas City. And just do that, you know, four times in this game and just bully them up and down the field. Mm, that's going to put a, a big bind on Kansas City, um, I think, for sure. Okay, so what about on the other side? Isaiah Pacheco, who, again, uh, talk about tone setter, man. This is like a tone setter here for Kansas City. Uh, San Francisco, again, has been run on a little bit. And, and one of the numbers I look at here since week number 10, they are bottom 12 in regards to yards before contact allowed, right? So what does that mean? It means yards before contact. So they're getting bullied up front. And I think we saw that. We've seen that really in recent weeks. San Francisco getting kind of mashed up front and running backs having a little bit of space to kind of find these little gaps and, and, and scoot forward. So um, Pacheco, man, you give him that space, he can take one to the cribbo. You know what I mean? So uh, for me, Kansas City would do well, I think, to try to establish a little bit of Pacheco early on as well. Yeah, and, and like I said, he's been so much better from an effectiveness standpoint out of man runs as opposed to zone runs. He, that's because he's like a – I mean, I, I, I love he's Pacheco. I love, yeah. yeah, I love watching Pacheco, but he's – He's got some um, hit and miss vision to him. Uh, you know, he we we love the angry running style that he has, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that also kind of takes some time to build up on. Uh, that's not necessarily a great fit from a zone rushing standpoint. So yeah, I agree with you. Like if they can bully uh, the 49ers off the ball, if they could blow them off the ball, that'd be great. Um, we've seen. Aaron Jones get him on these pin pull runs. We've seen obviously the Lions get him on these pin pull runs as well. Right. That that's been an issue all throughout the the season, but especially in the postseason, it's been magnified in my opinion. But I don't know. Kansas City's offensive line has been weird this year, man. Because you know Joe Tooney's hurt. That's a huge injury yeah. for them. Creed Humphrey's a great. I don't player. think he's going to go. Right. No, I don't think With so. With his back, I don't think so. And Trey Smith is, um, you know. Again, talked to Nate Tice about this run game and like why it has been from a metric standpoint, despite Pacheco being like a great fantasy draft pick and been a, a super productive back, 
you look at the numbers, they're not a highly successful rushing team. They're a little bit like higher in EPA, lower in success rate, which would lead you to say they're kind of like a boom bust run team. And just generally the style of running back that Pacheco is, I think that contributes to it as well. But you know, his thing was that Trey Smith has just not had as good of a season as, as he has previously. Great player, hasn't consistently played great all season, but he's played much better in the playoffs. Creed Humphrey, mm-hmm. le- less so, um, but still a little some of the like inconsistency to start the year, much better in the playoffs. But this tackle duo has been problematic, right? Like, oh, yeah. Juwan Taylor hasn't lived up to the contract. Donovan Smith no. was like a, a, a late ad on a, a reclamation project after getting cut yep. by Tampa Bay. That's really an area where if those guys don't play – Creed and, and Trey Smith especially, if they don't play – great football right off the bat, like setting that tone early. I I'd be concerned about Kansas city kind of, um, you know, if they're not able to establish that run game because of those two guys. Yeah. Both those tackles feel, and again, I, I don't have the, my PFF numbers here in front of me, but they both feel like they're better in pass pro than they are in run blocking. Um, and, and again, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting mix. I think that they have on the offensive line. Uh, they're really getting by. Um, and, and, and I think they have enough talent there on the O line to do what they need to do, uh, offensively. I I don't necessarily think either one of those tackles are, I want to go so far as to say they're a liability. I think they're fine, but that's all they are is fine. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah, no, I think that's a great way to say it. And I mean, there's been some rough moments in pass protection for these guys too, especially uh, you know penalty wise. That's been a huge oh, issue for these God. guys. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, oh the fall, all the false starts, the holds. It's just yeah, it's no, it's from a penalty standpoint, it's been it's been real real bad. Um, okay, let's get into it, man. Uh, I feel like we've broken down this game from an X's and O's standpoint pretty well. Um, from from a sports betting perspective, we're going to take all this info, this matchup data we have, uh, and translate that into some sports betting stuff. Because, hey, uh, what, what is the Super Bowl without some prop bets here, okay? Uh, maybe from a wide-angle lens here, Matt. Let, let, me, let me just get your – well, you know what? We'll save that to the end. We'll get your pick on the game in the end. Let's, get, let's go ahead and get some prop bets out of the way. Um, the first one that I will go to is Super Bowl MVP. Christian McCaffrey at plus 450 feels really nice. That feels like a really good value uh, when, again, we're talking about, you know, what, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a, a team in Kansas City that you can run on uh, a little bit. CMC, I think they're, as you mentioned, will probably try to establish CMC a little bit in the run game. And boy, he's got the talent to just go crazy. Right. So what happens if this guy puts up, you know, 150 total yards, two touchdowns? He'll be right there in the front runner uh, for the MVP conversation, especially when you consider, Matt, the fact that the pass defense for Kansas City is really good. Brock Purdy, I think, is going to struggle a little bit against this pass D. Yeah, I, I like uh, Purdy over 0.5 interceptions. Uh, I 100%. Think, I think they're getting him. And, uh, yep. you know, he's had some he's had some turnover luck go his way. I don't know if you've heard this uh, with old Brock Purdy. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> I, these guys can catch the ball there in Kansas City. They, they're they pretty good. Uh, again, Spags, I think, has been fantastic this, this all season long. And I, I do think they get Purdy on one here. But I, I love your call of Chris McCaffrey, Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, if they win it, um, you know, he's. Plus 160 first touchdown score. That's obviously a, t- a tough thing to bet on. But I mean, hey, it's the Super Bowl. Like if you're like ever going to bet on, if you're ever going to bet on 
first yeah. touchdown score. You should do it in Love the Super it. Bowl here. I yeah, I I can't get out of my head that like this is a huge Christian McCaffrey game, huge Debo Samuel game. I, I like deep I like some Debo Samuel props as well, but I mean even McCaffrey like on a linebacker, matched up on a linebacker in the pass game, that would be a, a, an advantage for for San oh, Francisco. It'd be a way for this team to beat that man coverage cuz I'm I'm with you, man. I really don't know how they're going to line these guys up on the outside and and consistently have Purdy throwing to throwing to the teeth of these guys throwing these big outbreaking routes like he has to Ayuk all year long. Um and look, I I'm not a Purdy doubter overall. I I think I'm pretty yeah. pro Purdy. Um it's just like the reality of where this defense is schematically. So that does bring me back to McCaffrey. Um I I'm with you. I think this is a big McCaffrey game. All right, give me another prop, man. What are you thinking here? Yeah, like I said, I really like Debo Samuel over 58 and a half receiving yards. Um, at least it was that when I first looked at it earlier this week. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I think still yeah, there. he's yeah perfect because I, I think it's going to be a big Debo game. Um, I almost don't even mind you know little over rush attempts for Debo Samuel. Uh, two, it's, now it's down. It's it's bet down to minus 185, like over two and a half. So really, what's the point? Um, okay. just, just the juice isn't worth the squeeze there. But at the same time. Um, man, I, I think Debo over 58 and a half receiving yards is is a great bet. I, I think he's a in position to have a bigger game than Brandon Ayuk in this one. Uh, so yeah, give me Debo over 58 and a half receiving yards. All right, so Ayuk's line is at 60 and a half. How do we feel about Ayuk? We going so, on the under it's there? So, it's so low. I mean, 60 and a half is it's it's for a guy it's like a Ayuk. Number. It's not a big number. I, I think I would just stay away from it, you know, because I think Ayuk is good enough to to beat any defense and any defensive back. He's like a top ten receiver in the league. I I just probably would just stay away from it. I I think I might do the Ayuk under here because when I start uh, thinking about where the ball is going to go, I feel like it's going to go a lot to to Debo, as you mentioned. If Kittle's good, it's going to go to Kittle, and we know CMC is going to get his too. Right, because again, as you mentioned, the linebackers here for Kansas City, I think they've done good work, uh, but they're not, you know, special coverage guys at all, right? So I think CMC mm-hmm. would definitely have an advantage there against linebackers uh, for Kansas City. So doesn't leave a ton on the bone here for 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 Brandon Ayuk. I hate betting the under just because it's like you know, uh, you know, one big play can can always wreck everything. But I don't know. I, I kind of sort of feel like at sixty and a half, I feel like that's a pretty good line uh, to bet the under uh, for Brandon Ayuk. But I, I but I hear what you're saying though. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good, man. He could you know that that could be three catches for him. Hey, you know? catch catch it off a guy's face mask. <laughs> Oh, right, right, exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right, how are we feeling about George Kittle, 49 and a half? We like that or no? Again, he hasn't practiced all week with a toe injury. That's been bet up, actually, too, because earlier in the week it was 47 and a half, um, mm-hmm. where I was thinking about going under George Kittle just because I do think this is going to be such a big Debo game. But, yeah, I, 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 I can't go under on George Kittle just because of, um, like I said, I think there's going to be situations where they're trying to exploit those linebackers. Good players. All, all those guys are really good players, and they fill important roles in this Kansas City defense. But still, this is George Kittle. He's so explosive. This is Christian McCaffrey. So explosive. Debo Samuel, when he gets matched up on linebackers, the explosiveness advantage is still, I think, going to be to these 49ers receivers and pass catchers and whatever. I, I, He's another guy that I'm probably staying away from there. All right. Um, do you have any anytime TD plays that you like? I um I, I don't know about anytime touchdown, but I, I'll give you a couple other goofball props here in terms of the receivers. Yeah, I, perfect. I, I 
I really like Justin Watson over one and a half catches at plus 100. Like you mentioned, the 49ers will struggle with those outside receivers at times. I think they're going to try to, I think they're going to try to dagger some throws on, you know, corner routes and stuff like that. I think that's really been the Justin Watson special. Um, if you can call it that, that's been the Justin Watson special this time, his time in Kansas city from a playing time perspective too. Mm -hmm. He only only has five targets. I mean, in the playoffs, like it's been 23 (laughs) targets for, but I mean, dude, look, look, it's, (laughs) I get it. I get it. I love it. I get it. But look at, look at the chiefs target distribution in the playoffs. It's crazy. 27 targets to Travis Kelsey, 23 catches, 23 targets for Rasheed Rice, 20 catches, nine for Noah Gray, eight for MVS, six for Pacheco, five for Justin Watson, and four performative targets for McCole Hardman as well. Performative. Um, I I do think that Justin Watson's, again, five targets, but from a participation standpoint, he's running around on 53% of the dropbacks in the playoffs. Like he's still out, he's still out there a ton. I think they can just get him on a couple of catches in this game. Funny, man. Performative. Uh, that's great. I love it. Um, you know what? I I'm gonna go ahead and um, there for for both the running backs here. I think I'll take the over on both. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, ninety and a half rushing yards and you're thinking oh man that's a big number i know it's a big number but christian mccaffrey seems to hit these numbers a lot uh isaiah pacheco 66 and a half uh is the line for him that's that's juiced up to minus 130 oh my goodness um and again, I think I'll take the under i think i'll take the under on that 66 and a half other side minus 105 right there yeah I, I think I'm going to go under on that just because again they've been so good at defending uh i mean relatively they've been so much worse defending the zone runs and that's just not really where San Francisco I mean it's where they struggle defensively but it's not where Kansas City thrives as a run team like they're like like we said a grinded out power run team that's what Pacheco does well that's where he's really efficient and I, I don't know man I mean Joe Tooney being banged up is 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 tough like we talked about those if you do it's look important. at the and PFF's not everything but like if you do look at the run blocking grades for Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith. They're, they're some of the worst on the team uh, by yeah. far. So I, I think that you're missing Joe Tooney. Your tackles aren't great run blockers. You know, Trey Smith, like I said, has picked it up. Creed Humphrey is a stud, but it's just, I think that that's, I don't know that they're going to be able to like, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a lot of faith in this Kansas city run game. And I think that's, it's just kind of where I'm late landing uh, as this game gets closer. I think too, it's how, how do you feel like this game is going to go? If you feel like San Francisco could walk away with this or run away with this one, Pacheco's in trouble, but I will say he has been over that line in five of his last six games. Um, and, and they do, man, they give it to him a lot. They give him the ball a lot, uh, but it really comes down to what do you think the game script might be? Because if they if he gets game scripted out, which is an absolute possibility, um, I think you're actually talking me off of um, betting the over. I, mean, I just probably just don't touch it. I mean, it's already juiced to minus one thirty. You know what yeah. I mean? Six six and a half. All right. You know what? I'm off of it. I'm off of it. I'll take Christian. I'll take CMC at over ninety and a half though. Um, anytime touchdowns, Christian McCaffrey is at minus two twenty five. If you want to get the first touchdown, he's at plus three fifty. That's not bad. 
I'm I'm um, I'm I'm intrigued in the CMC uh, first touchdown. That that's an interesting one to me. Travis Kelsey's at minus one fifteen. That's something that I'd be really looking at too. Uh, and then Rasheed Rice plus one thirty for an anytime touchdown. I kind of like both of those guys uh, if I'm going to be betting uh, anytime touchdowns here. Although uh, I just saw right here Debo Samuel plus one forty. Come on, I was just going to say that plus one forty for Debo Samuel. Can't you envision it? First drive of the game. San Francisco, first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. They're handing that ball off to Christian McCaffrey like we're talking about. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. they're pounding that rock. They get yeah, down yeah. inside the three yard line and one of those little pop passes to Debo Samuel and he brings it in first <laughs> touchdown of the yep. game. I mean, shoot, first Beautiful. touchdown of the game. Plus nine hundred plus nine hundred. But anytime touchdown plus one forty, <laughs> I mean that feels like free money to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the plus one forty. You're getting really good odds. Uh, on that anytime here for Debo Samuel. All right, what else you got? I was going to say, what do we think about quarterback scramble uh, props here? I Ooh. did not get it um, on Mahomes last week. Uh, I bet the okay. over on, I think, 26 and a half uh, rushing yards or 24 and a half. It's 26 and a half rushing yards this week. I kind of feel like we're going to see Mahomes take off a bunch in this game, especially if the 49ers are able to push it and score a lot of points. I think that's going to be a big one. Um, he's, he's going to, you know how he is like laid downs. He's going to, uh, he's going to almost use that as like a, an extension of, of the check down game in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes, instead of like everybody gets out on the route, they face a lot of zone coverage. Um, I, he's still run. He's weirdly, uh, actually scrambles a lot against zone coverage as Pat Mahomes, which isn't normally what we think about, but yeah, I feel like Mahomes over 26 and a half rushing yards is, is definitely in play. And even Purdy, I mean, we saw Purdy take off so much last week over uh three and a half rush attempts for Purdy is at plus one Oh five. I don't know if I'm just being chasey, uh, because of what we saw last <laughs> week, but I do think these quarterback uh-huh. rush attempt number or rushing numbers are interesting this week. Yeah, so it's interesting. He has scrambled a lot less, has Patrick Mahomes, as the season has worn on. Okay, so through the first 11 weeks, um, Patrick Mahomes ran the ball 4.8 times per game and averaged 29.6 rushing yards per game through the first uh, 11 weeks of the season. Then when you take a look um, at uh, over, you know, since week number 12, uh, and again, we're just kind of sort of going into the regular season here, but, um, the, the last six games that he played again, that, that number goes down, right? So 4.5 attempts per game and only 15.5 yards, Matt, I wonder if as the offense got a little bit more solid, mm-hmm. he didn't have to rely on it as much. Um, and, and again, I I do think that this could be a spot that he does break out of that because that defensive line is so strong. Um, but if the offense is somewhat solidified and they're running the ball here a little bit, I, I'm I'm a little bit scared of that number because it is kind of big. The Miami game is really the last time he had a big rushing yardage total, but that was right. only on two carries. So yeah. um, I do I do hear you there. From a structural perspective, there's some similarities, slightly, slightly structural, just in terms of uh, some of the back-end coverage stuff between Miami uh, and, and San Francisco. So I, I could see some some spots for him to take off in this game. So uh, I, I know he hasn't gone over it the last two games, but I, I kind of like him to, to scramble a bunch in this one. I'll tell you one one prop I, I love. Okay. And, and this is just, you know, this is, why, this is when you bet these type of things. Kyle Juszczyk over four and a half receiving yards. I already have bet this, and it's uh, it was at two and a half earlier in uh-huh. uh, the week. 
But now you get better odds on it, honestly, at four and a half, minus 110. I think we're seeing <laughs> – look, if you look at the, these teams, there, there's going to be a lot of tight ends in this game. Like, get ready for yeah. big-time uh, tight end performances. I mean, not even just from Kittle and Kelsey, but you look at, like – the the personnel that these teams are going to use uh, the chiefs did a lot with multiple tight ends especially the postseason miami most notably the 49ers lead the nfl in passing yards per game out of 21 personnel um that's two backs one tight end uh with the 117.5 yards per game they're also the only team with more than 300 passing yards throwing out of 22 personnel two backs two tight ends I mean, man, are we not going to see a bunch of uh, Kyle Juszczyk on the field? I think we are in this game. So give me the over four and a half on the juice here mm. in this game. Um, okay, uh, one random dirt ball uh, prop that I kind of sort of like. Eli Mitchell over three and a half rushing yards. Not even attempts, mm. just yards. <laughs> over three and a half. Does he get one carry uh, for four yards? I think he might. I think he might. I, I kind of sort of like that dirt ball uh, player prop here. Uh, you got any more, or uh, have we uh, have we covered a lot of ground here? We've covered a lot a lot of ground here. Um, yeah, I, I think the main ones for me were the Purdy one, the rush attempts on Debo, especially. Um, yeah, yeah, Kansas. What do you think about Rasheed Rice over six and a half catches, man? Because um, <sighs> it's a I, I, I have made more money, I think, betting on Rasheed Rice over receptions than any other bet this year, and that's like throughout yeah. the year. Last week against Baltimore, it was six and a half was the over-under for receptions for Rasheed Rice, but you uh -huh. got it at plus odds last week, and he hit it in the first half, minus one ten, or at least was super close in the first half, minus 110 this week. But again, I read off the target distribution numbers, like it's only Kelsey and Rice Right That's now, it. six and a half. Yeah. It, it, it's not a it's it's not a big number, but it's like kind of right there where I teeter. Whether it's a, I don't think I'd take the under, but. Um, I teeter whether it's a stay away or something I want to hit the over on, but that's that's kind of the one I'm struggling with the most. You know what? Why don't we let's put a pin in this because I want to ask you how do you think the game goes? Okay, because again, okay. San Francisco is favored by two. How? What's the game script here, Matt? Who wins? I think I'm going San Francisco. Same. I think I think San, I think San Francisco wins it, and I don't feel great about that um, <laughs> because it's Mahomes, uh -huh. obviously. And and man, yep. I, I I I'm not I, I'm not a Purdy hater at all. I'm I think of of like the uh, for, I'm a pretty big Purdy uh, pro Purdy guy, but also a bit of a, a centrist when it comes to Purdy overall. Like yeah. I think I've held hold reasonable takes about him basically from last season up until now I've never kind of varied on either of the extremes I do really think that Spagnuolo is going to throw stuff at him that's going to going to make him struggle in this game put his um, brain in a pretzel a little bit a hundred percent at the same time there's just to me so many mismatches that San Francisco possesses and I mean when there's mismatches like Purdy is perfectly capable of getting the ball to the playmakers and playing off script He's, he's, he's not a Jared Goff, right? Jared Goff, you get him to move one spot and he's, he's over. It's mm -hmm, over. Like mm -hmm. he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, Purdy obviously has that ability to improv, to scramble, to push things around. I, I mean, yeah, I but, Matt, but Matt, but Matt, you're right. He does have that, but, and those are the areas where he either makes great plays or my God, some of the throws that he makes are just so bad in the improv too. Um, yeah. so I don't know it, it that's, 
that is a razor's edge, is it not? You know what I mean? Like when he scrambles, you don't know what you're gonna get. Are you getting good Purdy or bad Purdy? What are we getting? And that's what makes it pick like picking San Francisco tough, especially because I I don't know that I have a ton of faith in San Francisco's defense right now. That okay, Purdy gives one away or gives a couple away. I mean, if it gives uh-huh. a couple away, then we're really in trouble. But like, yeah, if he gives a, yeah, gives, yeah, yeah, you're in trouble. But if he gives a gives a couple away to gives one away to 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 San or to Kansas City. I don't know that I have a ton of faith in San Francisco to to slow down Mahomes on the other side of it, but that offense has been so hit or miss. I think the fact that I don't have a ton of faith in the Chiefs' run game is really what's you know kind of pushing me to San Francisco here because I have so much faith in the 49ers' run game in this particular contest. I think they can get off to a high, like a good start. Purdy can be in positive situations, not chasing the game. Um, and we've seen him play pretty well in chasing the game. Uh, you know, obviously in the second half against the Lions, of course, but some, you know, some lucky breaks there for sure. I, I think I'm going with San Francisco to win this game, but I think it's going to be very close. Ultimately, in our uh, Yahoo score predictions, I went with 31-27, high-scoring game, 49ers win. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, <clears throat> all of those things that you just mentioned, they're, they're not going to be able to run the ball effectively, high-scoring game, maybe Kansas City's trailing here. Then, yes, you want to take Rasheed Rice over six-and-a-half receptions, right? Mm. Yeah. All of those things point to to the fact that Mahomes going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, and who's he going to throw to? He has to throw to either Kelsey or Rasheed Rice. Um, all those Kelsey props, too, I, I think I'll I'll go ahead and take. Over six and a half, although it's juiced up to, to minus 150. That's fine. I'll take it. Feels like free money. Uh, Travis Kelsey, over 70 and a half receiving yards. Uh, again, juiced up a little bit to minus 125. It's okay. I'll take it. I, I'm, I'm with you in that. I'm with you halfway. Uh, in that I think that these are the two guys that are going to get the ball a lot. We're on the biggest stage here. I don't think Mahomes and Reed are going to mess around. I think they're just like, hey, let's go to our bread and butter and let's just let's just try to get out of here with the dub. Um, we're both simpatico <laughs> that Purdy is going to throw one to Kansas City. We are simpatico in that he will have an interception uh, in this game. I feel so confident in that. I feel incredibly confident in the fact that Brock Purdy will throw an interception, um, which is why I think this will be such a, a close tight knit affair. I'm, but again, I'm only halfway with you because I don't think it's a high scoring game. I think it's going to mm. be a low scoring game uh, that Kansas or that Kansas city ends up losing. But I don't know. Both these defenses are pretty good, Matt. Uh, I think that's kind of where I'm leaning, and and Kansas City's offense is kind of eh. Uh, and, and again, if we think that Brock Purdy throws one away, that's going to cap their scoring as well. So I, I kind of I'm really liking the under of 47 and a half. Now, to be fair, can I just be 100 percent honest? I will never bet the under in the Super Bowl because that is a miserable way to watch this game. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh no, you can't score. It's like, dude, who wants who wants to watch a game like that? You know what yeah. I'm saying? I don't. No, but it is a winning bet, you know, for uh for the for a long time in that game, most likely, if yeah. you take the under. I mean, 47 is is a pretty decent um total. You know, we could still have a very good back and forth game that that comes in around 45 points. That would totally be possible. For so, sure. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, earlier in the week, I definitely thought higher scoring game. You're kind of pushing me a little lower scoring, but I, I think I'll still settle on taking the over in this one. Okay, there you go. Um, all right, so there it is, man. Uh, final game of the season. I can't believe we're here. This is great. Um, and by the way, two great teams. 
uh, in the Super Bowl. I don't care what anyone tells me. Like, I'm happy Kansas City's in it. I'm happy San Francisco's in it. Um, either team that wins, I'm, I'm going to be happy for them, you know? And, and it's funny. Like, I feel like I'm on an island here because, like, the entire nation is rooting against Taylor Swift and Patrick Mahomes and, <laughs> um, and all of that kind of stuff. But I'll be happy for the Chiefs, honestly, uh, if they win one here. Uh, and, and, Pat, and we continue to watch greatness uh, in Patrick yes. Mahomes. Exactly right, man. I mean... Again, Nate Tyson and I, I talked about this off air after we recorded the pod because we felt the same way that like it's weird when you get you know on social media and like there are Mahomes haters or like casual fans are like Mahomes haters and stuff like that because to me it's just like dude you're watching something so unique and so special um, like if he wins this game we'll be able to say like he's at the at very worst he's on pace to to win as many as Brady, you know, won, um, to, to push Brady's like resume, whether he gets there or not, obviously that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, 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 that's the question long-term. Of course, you still have to watch that play out, but like you're legitimately watching greatness. And I don't understand like wasting energy, hating that. I, I I totally get it. I would love, (laughs) I would love to see more teams win the Super Bowl. I'd love to see more quarterbacks in particular. Uh Uh-huh. You know, win the Super Bowl. That that would be great. I'd love to see more of these guys build their legacy. But at the same time, man, if you hate watching Mahomes, like I just don't get it, bro. Like there are so many ridiculous quarterbacks we have to watch on a weekly basis, and like you're gonna spend energy hating watching Pat Mahomes win us another Super Bowl. I I don't get it. So I'm with you. I'd love to see the 49ers get one. I'd love to see, and I think it'll be really interesting if Shanahan wins over Andy Reid here, because like. At this point, Shanahan's kind of having like an Andy Reid type of career. Everybody thinks he's a great offensive coach. Um, he's still probably got a long way to go, but he hasn't won anything yet. He, and he's had some rough moments and big moments yeah, in, the, rough, in the postseason. Yeah. So, I mean, for Shanahan's mental health, I, I kind of hope he wins this game. <laughs> but <yeah. laughs> I, I, I ultimately think either result I'm okay with. And I, I've really enjoyed watching both of these teams for different reasons. You know, the 49ers, it's been just great to watch like – the completion of a project. They, they built this offense. They built this Death Star over the years, yeah. and then they found the most random, you know, last pick in the draft guy to. I mean, it's it's crazy that again, per, the Purdy Discord is just so nauseating when like everybody in America should be like, "What an awesome story, man! This is so cool that right. the last pick totally. in the draft is 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 potentially about to win a Super Bowl." Here, I would love to see them win this just because I've enjoyed watching them like that. But then even Kansas City, like, I also enjoy watching a team figure it out on the fly and troubleshoot and all that. And that's obviously been the key of Kansas city season. So yeah, either one of these teams I think are deserving champions and, and a champion. I would be, uh, I'd be happy to see. I, I mean, going back to the Mahomes discourse too. It's so interesting, man. Like he has chaos surrounding him, right? Forget I, on the football field. There's chaos because he's got no wide receivers, right? Like Rasheed Rice is a rookie. And, and again, even as much as we like Rasheed Rice still has a long way to go in terms of becoming you know, uh, um, you know, uh, w- one of these dominant players. He's not dominant by any stretch of the imagination. Good player, good player. Okay, uh, but he's his, the best wide receiver he's got. But complete dysfunction uh, in the wide receiver room. Does Kansas City have right now? Um, again, those the the offensive line woes uh, has been you know rearing its ugly head every now and again. But this is by far like by far the worst offense that Kansas City has has basically dragged into the Super Bowl under the yeah. Reed Mahomes era, right? Um, and yet they're still here. Okay, that's on the field for Mahomes. 
brother off the field. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now with what Mahomes is dealing with, with his dad, with his brother? Oh my yeah. goodness, man. Like That's a good point. The fact that he is able to block out the noise and, and, and do what he is doing. I don't think people realize how difficult that is and how truly special you have to be. As a matter of fact, you have to be a little bit of a psychopath. Yeah, insane competitor. Be, like an insane you know, competitor. To be doing what he is doing with all the outside noise, man. So, um, I don't know. Tip of the cap to, to Mahomes. His on-field greatness right now, I think, is uh, being understated uh, considering all the stuff that he's dealing with in the background. Uh, too. And by the way, we talked about San Francisco, Shanahan, Purdy, great story. For me personally, um, I I would love to see Christian McCaffrey win one. You know, Same. win one for 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 these running backs, you know, who have been undervalued uh for the past, you know, five years or whatever it is. He's an all-time great Hall of Famer, one of the best running backs to ever lace him up, man. Totally. And for him to be able to win a Super Bowl when there are so many great, great, great running backs who have never tasted it, man. Um, I think that would be great. You know, I, I mean, go through the list, Matt, of if you think about like the, the top 10 running backs uh, of the modern era, how many of them have won Super Bowls? Not that many. You know, for, so for CMC to get there, man, like that would be to me, I think that would be great. I mean, you think about Adrian Peterson, LaDainian Tomlinson, mm -hmm. you know, Le'Veon Bell, these, the, all these guys just never got there. You know what I'm saying? So for CMC to be, to, to carry that banner, Barry Sanders, for this position I mean, group, obviously Barry not Sanders. from a production oh. standpoint, but, but <laughs> even in a real hardcore <laughs> sob <Crazy>. story, <laughs> you know? Crazy, crazy stuff. So um, it, for him to carry that that positional banner, I think would be a lot of fun too. And um, and from everything we, we've we read and known about CMC too, apparently a really great guy too. So I'll stud, yeah. Um, yeah, guy. yeah. So this is good stuff. Anyways, good storylines. Uh, can't wait to watch the Super Bowl, man. Uh, I'm going to be there in, in Vegas on Saturday. If anyone wants to try to find me and hit me up, I, I, I may be three sheets to the wind. Who knows? Um, but, but we'll find good luck finding anything in this city, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we're gonna have a good ass time, man. We're, we're gonna go out there and have a good time uh, on Saturday. But, anyways, can't wait, cannot wait uh, for the Super Bowl. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you. Everyone have a great Super Bowl experience, and remember, it's never too late to chase your dreams. All right, peace.